8 to 10 p.m. The Viewpoint with Ashraf Garda. The Viewpoint with Ashraf Garda. So we'll have that uh, podcast with uh, Mary uh, Madcalf up tomorrow morning. Uh, Zimbabwe appear to be in trouble. I'll give you an update on that score uh, in a couple of minutes. I think one twenty-three for eight, but we'll just double check on that as well. So what we'll do just now, nine thirty, we'll chat to uh, Zipo Sikakana uh, around in that feature that we now call, uh, which I think is, is a very important one uh, around being, you know adaptable and agile as a country because we absolutely need that. So we're basically talking about innovation and I, and I feel strongly about the need for innovation. But for now, let's talk about South Africa's youth and where we fit and where we sit with youth or where they sit with us, right? And it's topical because Tessa Dooms is with us uh, and I've chatted to her often enough to be inspired by her and you certainly know that, right? Good, good chatting to you next for your time. Thank you so much, Asha, for having me. Good. So let's just, let's just recap. I mean, you're, you're still part of what? The National Development Plan? Right. So yeah, still part NDP, of the National Planning Commission. Yeah. But the, the National Planning Commission, sorry. But then you also have this, um, what, South African SA Youth Lab. So yeah, Youth right? Lab is a youth policy think tank um, that I've been running for the last three or four years now. And we try and mainstream youth um, perspectives into politics, into policy decision-making spaces, so that young people have a voice and they're taken seriously, um, even though they're not always represented. Okay, so, so with that in mind, you, you had a coming together, and I saw it basically. If people think, you know, when they have this debate about what's the power of social media, I only knew about it because I picked it up on social media, right? Tell me about this, this coming together a few days ago that, that some of South Africa's youth had. So as Youth Lab, we're really excited to have launched um, the South African Youth Manifesto, hashtag SA Youth Manifesto. Mm -hmm. Um, And what it is, is over the last five, six, seven months, we've been traveling around the country to every province, um, hosting consultations with young people in their local communities. Mm -hmm. And the question we pose to them is, if you could write a manifesto, what would you put in it? And in light of the 2019 elections, as Youth Lab, we've done election work before, and it's always kind of us presenting the political party's views to the young people and saying to them, be an educated voter. And then we realized, actually, young people can no longer be just a topic of conversation or recipients of information. They need to set the agenda. And so we decided that we would help young people craft a manifesto of their own that, number one, shows them that they have Mm. the ability to put their ideas together and that manifestos and policy making is not that far away from them but number two really forces political parties to take young people seriously i don't think in any of the elections that i've closely watched Mm -hmm. i've seen a political party that really knows how to engage youth during the election season not one i've seen lots of parties i've seen lots of t-shirts i've seen lots of very superficial debates (laughs) that are fiery and cute But no one that can actually say we had a youth strategy that really took young people seriously. And um, what we're trying to do is create that space, create a space where parties have to substantively sit down and really consider youth voices. And that's what the SA Youth Manifesto is about. So so we talk about the manifesto. So so was a manifesto then crafted a few days ago? Absolutely. So the manifesto... What is is this here? So what you're holding in your hand is the SA Youth Manifesto, which is a book that we've written Mm -hmm. compiling... um, about 200 young people's views from across the country on what they think are the key priorities that political parties should focus on, what they think the challenges are, what they think the interventions are, and probably the most important part of this manifesto is what young people's role um, is envisioned as from their perspective. So they're not just saying build better roads. They're saying 
employ us to build those roads or we would like to be the architects making those roads. Mm -hmm. They're saying we have a role that we can play. Um, and that was a very key part of the way we've crafted this document um, and this book that we're calling the South African and Youth Manifesto. And, and the, when we talk about youth, what age group are we talking about? So we're talking about as young as 15, 16. Um, we had um, grade nine or grade 10 and 11s um, in some provinces, and we're talking as old as about 30. Um, we, we don't put an age limit in terms of below. We, yes, 35 is our limit. Maximum, um, yeah. Maximum. We don't put a hard age limit, you know, and say, you know, but we don't. We do try and reach out to people who are under the age of thirty. Um, okay. That's kind of our sense of youth shouldn't really be beyond that age, um, and so <laughs> we do. Yeah. We do try and get that that balance right. All right, and once you you, you put this together, you know, with with the political. I mean, what would you do with it? I mean, I understand it's going to give the youth a voice, but it only will be a voice if they can pass it on, isn't it? Absolutely. So in the launch event last week, Thursday at Wits University, we had um, political parties actually represented in the room. We had MPs from the IFP and the ANC. Mm -hmm. um, we had um, the DA Youth uh, Federal Leader. Um, we had represent representation from the Student Command of the EFF. And basically all four of those parties have agreed to take this manifesto back and as they craft their manifestos to make reference to it and to actually extract from it and then to report okay. back to us as to what they've it, used it, it for. It suggests you actually can influence political parties, which I think is just wonderful if that's it's what you're able to do. Let's have a, just pause for a moment because we need to get to an update on the cricket game, which is almost over, in fact, South Africa versus Zimbabwe. Uh, but let's get um, Leko Nsabo, who's given give us an update from Buffalo Park. Where are we now? Yes, indeed. It's almost uh, done. It's uh, the ninth wicket just fell. Carl Jarvis has been bowled by uh, Lumbi Sanningi. He's stepping towards the leg side and hit the leg and knocked off his off stump as he disappeared for a duck. It was a, a bit of a, a scare for South Africa when Mabuta uh, was at the crease at the time and uh, together with Peter Moore, who's still unbeaten on 44 at the moment. Uh, they seem to be threatening uh, three sixes in a row of uh, Tabri Shams' bowling and also Junior Dallas over. That licked uh, quite a few runs. Uh, there was a bit of belief for the Zimbabweans, but until uh, that was put to pay, uh, that the, then Zimbabwe started uh, the collapse. Uh, Moore is on 44, but uh, Chikumbura didn't last when Imran Tahir started. Uh, he was on the verge of getting a hat-trick when he dismissed him for a dark. And uh, Chisoro made two. Uh, Babuta, a uh, well-played 28 in the end, but it's Mpofue who's at the crease with Moore, uh, who's on 44. It's 126 for nine. We're in the 17th over Zimbabwe. Uh, there is no way, in my opinion, they look like to be chasing the 35 they're needing of 18 runs. So after 17 overs, Zimbabwe, 126 for nine. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 105.1 FM in Johannesburg. So we continue chatting to Tessa Dooms, and you may well want to call in 0891104207. Well, maybe you should give us your thoughts on what role as a listener as you're listening and you could well be a young person that's great but uh i'll be thrilled but if you're older 
it's a conversation you should be having. What role should young South Africans be playing in the in this changing country of ours? Or should they still be spectators until the age of 40 or something? And then we'll talk to them. Just think about it. And if you want to add or join the conversation, do that. 0891-104207. Okay, so you were saying, Tessa, that you now, you've got the buy-in from all these parties that you'll be able to, well, you've presented to them and they will look at it. So in a strange way, you're almost like selling off a... I'm thinking about recipes at a restaurant. Say that's the secret, but you you're apolitical in terms of which party you you have no allegiance with one party, but you you you're giving it out to them. Absolutely. Right? So I mean, the ethos of Youth Lab is to be nonpartisan so that we can engage with different parties. But the big um, reason why we did this, we know that manifestos get launched towards the latter part of this year, the beginning of mm. next year. We know they're being crafted, and we wanted to give them something to chew on. Um, and say, before you write your manifesto, have you considered what young people want? Have you, and afterwards, when they write their manifestos, we will be happy, and the young people across this country who have participated in this book all have a copy of that in their hands right now. And they'll be able to read those manifestos from those political parties and see, does it align with the things that I'm interested mm-hmm. in, the things that other young people are interested in? And maybe this becomes a real scorecard for young people in their decision-making about who they vote for. And, and, and this is important. Is it about... So, so if the poli- if if the savvy political parties adopt some of the obvious findings that you've done for them already, free research, um, then hopefully they would be able to make an engagement with with that voter, right? So there's no reason I'm too young to vote; they would vote. But on the other hand, more than simply adopting it during an election, you actually want them to implement, isn't it? A hundred percent. One of the things we did when we um, went and did these engagements is part of it was really about voter education as well. Um, You'd be surprised many, actually 14 percent, only 14 percent of the young people we spoke, spoke to knew what proportional representation was knew what kind of electoral system they were actually voting as a part okay. of. Wow. And so being able to empower them with that information and say to them, actually, you're voting for parties, you're voting for these manifestos, not for individuals. And after the fact, you can take those manifestos and you can go to those parties and say, you did not deliver on what you said. What was even more alarming to us was that, I mean, the ANC in their last um, general election had about a 56-page manifesto. Mm-hmm. Young people thought a manifesto was a one-page flyer. (laughs) And so teaching them that that manifesto has got some detailed promises in there and that we can actually use those even if you're not in a party. That's the party's promise to you as a voter. Mm. And you can take that back to them and say, you said, not just I want, but you said. And I think that was one of the most important things for us was that young people understood that they have agency not only now during this process because we're giving them some space but also after the process where they can really hold to account and and let's just recap for a second a rewind rather in in previous elections historically are you suggesting that political parties are are rather dismissive of, of youth issues they don't take young people as seriously as they should and so they'll, they'll hire PR company, companies that get the youth slogans mm. 
and sound very poppy and cute. And I remember the ANC once had a T-shirt that said, the DA never loved us, mm, referencing mm, a very mm. popular song. And there were these parties and fun things and even the rallies. Um, I've come to, to really be critical of political parties for being these kind of rally parties and big showy parties and make sure you have the right mm, artist mm, and mm, the DJs mm, mm, and whatever. But you haven't actually sat down substantively with young people and taken what they say seriously. You don't have an engagement and, strategy. Are they doing that because they think that's the way to go? That's, that means people follow musicians, so you get the musicians to endorse the party, which means that the people who follow the musicians will, in fact, endorse the party as well. That's great. Simple stuff. Yeah, I think if you, if you think that way of South African young people, then you've never had a conversation with a South African young person sitting in a remote rural area mm-hmm. who is living with the day-to-day consequences of not having service delivery. Because that young person might be entertained by nice music and whatever alcohol you serve them on the bus on the way there. But when they're sitting in their home, um, dealing with what we call in Youth Lab Water Day, where we've walked into so many communities in the last year and a half who get water once a day, uh, once a week in their communities. I mean, when they're sitting down with that, the party they had is not going to be the thing that really is tugging on them, the thing that they really want. And I think political parties need to, need to challenge themselves to go beyond the spectacle and beyond the emotive politics And we've changed that emotive politics from being this historical emotion to being this present feeling of belonging. Yeah, but also just that feeling of belonging Mm. and feeling of being part of a thing because that wears down when you're post the election. And then people want to know what are you going to actually do? Okay, so here you are. What do you think? What what would you think as a listener that the five most important things in the manifesto that came through uh, in terms that was put together by the youth lab uh, that that youth of South Africa have prioritized? If you wish to add or join in with that comment, do so. Oh eight nine one one zero four two zero seven. So you're going to help us with this. I mean, this, this is mm-hmm. a big booklet, and I'm going to go through and study it and take it sure. home and share it with my with my own varsity children. But for for now. Simply five. I mean, what are the five most important things that came through here? So I'll, I'll, there's four priority chapters, um, and I'll deal with those. But I'll deal with one other thing that's not a chapter, but it's it's an important thing. Mm -hmm. Young people want better representation in politics, and so we had very intense conversations about um, voting for somebody who's under the age of 35 and voting for women. Young people are ready. They are ready to vote for their peers. They are ready for, to vote for so, women. So they want to see someone like them. Okay, now, now this is very topical and I have an interest in it. Fasia Hassan, who used to be part of Fismas Fall, who just happens to be my niece, uh, who's now part of the ANC uh, election. Now, now, whether they're right or wrong is not the point. The point is, is that what they want to see? Young people like that emerging from campuses and a couple of years later taking up prominent positions up front uh, in organizations. And, and they, would, they would want to see that. 100%. Um, the question that we asked was, would you vote for a president under the age of 35? 60% pe- 60% of people said yes. Wow. And that was the president. We're not even just talking about people, you know, elected into MPs. But MP you do seats. know, I mean, there's been a move, whether it's France or Canada, of younger younger presidents, right? 100%. Barack Obama's not particularly old yeah. either, right? And, and the, the, the 40%, their argument was, well, we've been taught that to be in those positions, those senior positions, you need experience. 
And I've always countered that by saying, um, I mean, today we've got a new finance minister, but when Tito Mboweni became finance or became a minister the first time, minister of labor in 1994, he was 35 years old. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he didn't have experience governing, but he, he was trusted with that. Mm. And I think young people are not being trusted with their lived experiences as ways to govern, as their ability to organize. Young people across this country organizing their communities. Okay. So, so Salah, I'm coming to you in just a moment. I just want to stay with this part about, so they want representation. They definitely want representation. No doubt. Okay. Now, now, quick one. Do political parties get that? I am not convinced. So um, what I've seen is political parties willing to be, put people into prominent spaces who are young, but not because they're young. It's kind of for any other reason but that they're young. The only party who... Um, has a lot of youth leadership um, in their like top top representation is the EFF, mm-hmm. but I argue that that's also by default rather than design because of the historical ANC youth league. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know that there's an actual intention yet. Okay, there's more to come. Let's get let's get called Salah on the line. Hi. Uh, Thanks for taking me. Look, uh, you know what? The desire of young people or a South African uh, is not going to be fulfilled due to the electoral system of our country. It's not gonna it's not gonna happen. We every day every time Ashraf when the president or finance minister, they do come here on radio and ask us some nonsense thing to say, please just uh, send us what we want uh, to hear from the minister. And if people do that we do that nothing happened. So you know um what we wish to see and happen in our government in from the politician. It's neither here nor there, Ashraf. It's not gonna happen. These guys they don't take us seriously. We talk here each and every night, every day, any every morning about certain about issues that are currently happening in our country, but they don't take them seriously. Zuma promised five hundred um I think four hundred million jobs. What did we get? Lost too many jobs. So the, I, the, what the lady is doing there is it's, it's good, but it's not going to materialize. Maybe 500,000, not 500 million, as you know, right? Thanks for that. But either way, you're saying they've fallen short. Hello, thanks for that. We'll get to more calls in just a moment, right? Let's get to number two then. So the priority issues, firstly, yeah. socioeconomic challenges. And um, what that really was about was young people speaking about the plight of poverty, and really saying that unless you have a base to start from, that you're not having to just survive, that it's very hard to then do anything else. Education is nice, but unless I'm not just surviving, education is going to be hard for me to get to. Jobs are nice. But young people mm-hmm. just wanted us to know that a lot of their lives is spent just surviving and that they needed to get beyond that point. So, so priority two would be what? Get out of poverty or attention yeah. to poverty? Attention what? to poverty. Um, crime was, was a big part of the socioeconomic issues and saying kind of drug abuse and crime and the ways in which they, the conditions of their lives in their communities weren't conducive for them to flourish and thrive. Um, the next thing was then education. And education was interesting because we thought we were going to have a conversation about fees must fall. And actually, fees was a very small part of the conversation. Okay, mm. um, the bigger part of the conversation was about the quality of basic education. And people saying we need better basic education. We don't want to have to pay to private institutions to get a good quality start. So in strange ways, it is access to education. Yes. 
Right. Yeah. But it wasn't the fees must fall yeah. conversation. And then they spoke to us about TVETs and FETs. Young people, especially in rural areas, all they said to us from town to town to town was bring FETs and TVET colleges closer to where we are. They said, your universities are nice, but we're not even going to get into them. Um, a, a young person in Whittlesea said to us, if I had a TVET close to me that could help me learn plumbing, I could see myself creating plumbing in my in my environment so that I can start creating sanitation. That's a, that's a good point. Let's just pause for a sec. Let's get another call now from Christiana. Dr. Phil on the line. Hello. Hey, Ashraf, how are you? I'm, I'm good. Good indeed. Thank uh, you. Good evening to you and your guests, to the listeners. You're talking to Dr. Phil. Yeah, I we got think, you. Good of you to call I, in. Go I ahead. Think, I think the most important thing that I, I, I get from the conversation is the public representatives have to be accountable. Every office where you've got the person who's been appointed to serve the public, that person has to be accountable. In a sense, it's a direct thing that your guest is saying to say, young people have to be vigilant, in a sense of not only when things are wrong, but even things are done right, they have to be part of it. You understand? That will definitely help us so that we know that mm. the future generation is not actually lost, so that we should not regret in terms of when our elders are lost. Okay, right. got that. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for that. Uh, thank you for that call. Thank you. Just respond to that. Yeah, um, accountability is key, and part of what we are trying to get young people to do is understand the system, so they know who to hold accountable, and even just saying to them. Even if you can't reach the minister, the party is the first point of accountability. And you should be able to engage a party whether you're part of it or not. And that's what we forget because we elect parties. They are the first representative we have beyond the people who are actually in, in power. So um, we do try and say that to them. Um, and that actually leads into one of the, the other priorities, mm -hmm. which is infrastructure and service delivery. Because people don't even feel that when they're talking about service delivery issues, they can hold accountable. And that should be one of the easiest way, places because to I mean, hold is, accountable. Isn't that the point, uh, that they don't know how to short-circuit? That means basically you don't know how to get on the hotline and say, I have a problem. A hundred percent. And also you're, you're told that you're not organized. People love using the line that women are organized in this country, but youth are not organized. And the truth is youth are organized. They may not be organized in the ways that reaches kind of the levels that everyone wants them to because they don't have the resources. But if you go into communities, we were able to make calls to young people in communities and say, can you bring together a group of young people to engage and they were able to do it just like that. Young people, so, are, so organized. are, organized. Young people are organized. Wow. People are organized. Just not in the ways we People are out think. of touch. I mean, that's the bottom line. Yeah. Uh, Mojalefa from Kronstadt, go ahead. Hi. Hi, Ashraf. And uh, please forgive my voice. I've got some flu, but uh, I thought I should call in. Well, I appreciate uh, you making the effort then. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. Well, uh, Ashraf, I would like to make a bold uh, invitation to your guest mm -hmm. because, believe it or not, I do have in the pipeline a political party that I want to start, and uh, it's actually going to be very different from how politics have been done, I dare say, globally, not only here in South Africa. So 
I definitely would like to arrange to meet with your guests and uh, bounce some ideas and hear what they have to so, say. So wait, you want to start a, you, because you want to start a political party, is that what you're saying? Yes, yes. And precisely because there are certain sectors of our, our communities that are not represented and that the, whose views are not really heard and, and yet who have a very, very, very good views that can actually propel us forward. Okay, let's let's. Uh, okay, I'll tell you what we'll do. Leave your details with uh, with Ben or Benzito. He'll take all your details, and we will certainly connect you to Tessa Dooms. Okay. All, All right. right. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you very much. Anyway, he wants to amplify his voice. Absolutely. Um, and 100% will take that on. This is not only for big parties. Um, we will be having um, more engagements as we lead up to the election. And we're going to be engaging with every party and any party. We've okay. engaged with Patriotic Alliance before. We, we're really open to anyone. All right. Um, just, so just one thing, and something I've spoken to you about before. Is there not a need? I mean, wouldn't this be the basis of a youth party? Um, we don't believe that a youth party is necessary. What we believe is that all parties must take youth seriously. Um, the youth party could easily become the children's table of parties, and we don't want that. We want young people to be mainstreamed in all discussions everywhere. And we've seen what youth leagues can do to young people, keep them marginal, mm. keep them uh, you know, on so the side. So you're not in favor of youth leagues? I'm not in favor of youth leagues either because they've become the children's tables. And I don't think that young people need to be on the sideline where 60% of the population, we should be at the main table. Well, there you are. Um, uh, could I just yeah, give you the last, the last yeah. one? The last um, priority is economic development. And in that way, we talk about two things, skills development and entrepreneurship. And you might see that employment is missing from that because young people believed what they needed more than jobs the was the skills to create jobs. And that was a very important that takeaway for us. That makes perfect sense to me. There's just two SMSs I want to read out before I let you go. The youth should give up two years national service in hospitals, old age homes, defense force and other institutions to get this country going or they will find themselves begging for work one day from DK, the Eastern Cape. Um, Evening Ashraf, as the youth, we have numerous solutions to assist our government. Unfortunately, we have to patch or pitch our proposals rather to politicians who are greedy. Most politicians are not in office to serve the communities, but to enrich themselves. They want bribery in order to implement our solutions. Okay, uh, that's another whole discussion, right? But is it the last thing? There's something jump off the page here in your research that absolutely bowled you over. It is so surprising. There was a moment when we were in the Free State, we were in um, a community about an hour outside of um, Bloemfontein, mm-hmm. where we asked young people what was the biggest issue, and outranking every issue was access to emergency services. Okay. Young people said, we can't get a police, the ambulance, or anyone to come to where we are. It outranked unemployment. Incredible. And it just gave us a sense that young people are living their lives and they're feeling the aches and pains of not having environments that are conducive, communities that are safe, things that operate just to service their basic needs. And so while we're all having economic conversations, young people are like, I don't even have the starting blocks to enter that economy. Help me do the basics right. Well, there you are. Just lastly, so so this manifesto, the South African Youth Manifesto, uh, 
do people have access to it? Absolutely. Young and old? Yeah. Absolutely. So we've um, we've printed about 1,500 copies, which are very few. But um, by the end of this week, we'll have an online version that people can download. And we will be having infographics that will explain the different okay. priorities and, and, and that, chapters. And that's online. I mean, where do they find it? Um, so that will be at Youth Lab ZA or on our Facebook page, Youth Lab ZA as well, um, or on our website, which is www.youthlab.org.za. Okay, Youth Labs, that is the key one there, and you guys need to, to track them down no matter what. Well, I'll tell you what, tweet us when you can on, on that issues. And, and also, you know I'm part of the Champion South Africa Nation Building Project, so if you can tag Champion South Africa, I will instruct the officers to say them and share it. I think it's really very, very important as well. Great. Absolutely. Dessa Dooms, there you are, the South African so Youth Manifesto. And I'm going to read this and have a debate with, with some of the young people at my home, and you probably need to be doing the same thing as well. I appreciate your time. Thanks for coming in.